3: Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendes. I hope you guys are well. On uh, this week's show, we will, of course, be looking ahead to Saturday's trip uh, up to the Kassam Stadium uh, to take on Oxford United, amongst many other items of discussion. Joining us uh,
4: to have those chats. First up, Nathan Muller. Hey, dear Nathan. Living the dream, mate. All good. Nearly Friday. Long weekend coming up ahead. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be. Hopefully a good result on um, Saturday. Some new exactly, signing, yeah. Z- <laughs> yeah. and then uh, yeah, so no, be good, mate. How
3: are you guys doing? Yeah, not too bad. Also joining us, but with the screen is uh, is Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? I, I'm afraid your your mate, boy, there had a car crash this morning, didn't he?
1: Yeah, so it's uh, it's been a tough day. It's been a tough day, but um, yeah, so I've been out. I'm all right. Nate's got me pumped for Saturday. I was uh, disappointed that we were playing again so soon, but now he's got me up for it, which is good news. So.
3: Yeah, it's these weekly fixtures that that, that really get to you, isn't it? It's too too much, football, isn't it? Too much, too <laughs> much. Um, yeah, to anyone who didn't see it, uh, Johnny Williams was among a number of former chomp players who's, Somehow a car got crashed into a while. I think they're all fine. They're, they are all fine. I wasn't, we wouldn't be joking about it. But yeah, that was a weird story uh, earlier on today. So uh, as I said on this week's show, we will look ahead to the Oxford game. Uh, we will, of course, reference the fact that we've made a signing uh, this week. Chem Campbell has joined on loan from Wolverhampton Wanderers for the season. So we're going to hear from Andy Scott uh, on his arrival. Let us know what you've made of him coming in uh, as well. Good evening to everyone who's joining us in the YouTube chat. I can see uh, Andrew, uh, Louis, Alan, shiny feels in there. Um, Jay's in there, Hayden's in there uh, as well. Evening to Sam as well. Uh, get your views in in the live chat, or you can tweet us at Charlton Live, or you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. Let us know what you make of uh, Chem Campbell's arrival, where else uh, we still need uh, players, of course. Uh, what changes you'd like to see for the game with Oxford uh, on Saturday? Uh, later on in the show, we're going to hear from Beth row um, last season's player of the year for Charlton Athletic women. They're starting the season at the Valley this Sunday. I'm also going to hear from Simon uh, from the Fence End podcast. He's going to tell us all about Liam Manning's Oxford side uh, ahead of our trip to the Kassam on Saturday. So, Chem Campbell in on a season-long loan. Nathan uh, from Wolves has made a handful of Premier League appearances. Um, Probably more importantly for us was on loan with Wickham. Second half of last season, got three goals in 17 appearances for them. Um, but, you know, de- decent reviews, actually. I spoke to a, a journo who covered Wickham yesterday and he told me that he's um, predominantly left-sided, but it sounds like he can play across the front. The front. Um, bags of ability, loves taking on a player, the sort of player that gets you uh, off your seat. He scored three, but the goals were well taken. So, uh, well, we needed bodies and, and we've got one.
4: Yep, yeah, I think it gives us a little bit of a, another dimension as well. I think um be interesting to see how we shape up now, because I know... A lot of conversations been going on whether he fits into a three-five-two or five-three-two or whatever you want to call it. But I'm still in the camp that a formation is just a number and you start that way. But you know they're quite fluid now formations these days. So be interested to see what he's what he offers. He's obviously got you know naturally. I'm looking at sort of Jez last year and think you know can he fill the void? That's a you know big boots to fill. But he's a big lad and like you say, he's come with. um Ravey views. I think if he starts on the left, I think it might give us an opportunity to play Corey on the right. Let him beat his man and, like, he did not for Carnou's goal. Um, let him have a go down there because we know Corey coming out off that left hand side can be a little bit inconsistent with chances and decision making. But listen, he's still, he's still growing as a player. I just think it gives us another option. Can he play up top with May? Probably. Um, but I don't think that'll probably. I'd be surprised if that's, that's our any more strikers don't come in because i just think if he's naturally a winger can play in a 10 or a, or the right hand side I just, like i said at the beginning mate i just think it gives a lot of options still a long way to go for me until i think all of us are satisfied but we know everyone's going to be working hard in the background to try and get stuff done
3: mm, right well let's have a listen to the technical director andy scott uh speaking about chem's arrival yesterday
0: chem campbell signed number seven this summer how pleased are you to complete the deal
2: yeah, really. pleased. he's a he's a player that I've seen a lot recently, um, and going back a number of years when he played for Wolves. I remember seeing him against PSG in a in a game at, at Wolverhampton Wanderers, and really impressed with him. He's direct. He's got good physicality, ball carrying, attacking. You know, threat that can assist and create and score goals. So. Another another young ambitious player who, who was really keen to come to us. Who, you know, who's had a number of, of clubs after him, but um, after speaking to Dean and uh, you know understanding where where he, he he was going to be playing and how he would be playing and how we played and the chances we'd create and the opportunities he'll get, he was very very keen to come. So clearly very happy to get him over the line. You talked about his attributes. How do you
0: see him fitting into the side?
2: Yeah, well, we've, we've obviously created a number of chances in the first few games and, and scored a couple of goals, but have, have, have missed a number of chances. I think that, you know, with Tyrese's uh, injury, um, you know, Corey's played three games in a week, the first time he's done that for a long time, so credit to him for that. But we need, you know, we need more numbers. We, you know,. It's not going to be the only signing we make, and we're, we're trying very hard to bring some more players in. We're very aware that we need to strengthen the squad, so this is the first one um, that we've brought in. It gives us an added dimension. I think the fact that he's played League One football for Wickham and did very well at the end of last year, uh, everyone can see the type of player player he is with his attributes. You know, he's he's very direct. He's quick. He wants to he wants to take players on. He wants to create things. He wants to get in in goal scoring areas. We think they will complement the group really well. But he's—he's he's a good—he's a good person. You know, he's come across very well. Um, mature for his age, understands where he wants to do, and, and I think you'll fit in with the group really well.
3: There we go. That's Andy Scott um, speaking. Uh, about Chem Campbell's arrival without moving his mouth. Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, it, it was supposed to be a video, but when I checked it, it was only audio. I was like, that's fine. We'll, we'll just go with that and I'll use a picture. Um, yeah, what we're saying, Tom, all hell let loose says is, uh, if he's a left winger, is he better than Kirk? I mean, the argument you, you could say is, if he can put football boots on, he's better than Kirk for us at the moment, because Charlie Kirk ain't playing and doesn't seem to be massively in the plan. So yeah, uh, we, we needed to strengthen in that area. That's That's clear. A um, lot of pressure on the, on the young man because he, he comes into a side that, whilst it's created a lot of chances, we we need to be finishing them off as well. So can he can he help bring that? Can he continue to help create chances and take some of that pressure off Corey?
1: Yeah, I certainly hope so. And that last point in particular, I think we've talked a lot about the fact that it appears we're very reliant on Corey at the moment. Um, and whilst he's so far delivered on that pressure. You know, it would be only natural for him to drop off at some point or have a a rough game. And if we haven't got someone on the other side who can do something similar, then it's going to be very difficult for us to score goals. So I definitely think he can weigh in there where others haven't been able to. Um, I think the, the way Karner has performed in recent weeks has been excellent or in the last week has been excellent. But I don't think we should now suddenly start playing him week in, week out because he's still young. Uh, I think, obviously, Tyrese Campbell a bit injured at the moment, but we've seen glimpses of what he can do on that side as well. And ultimately, when Lee Byrne comes back, I think he's going to be a slightly different sort of player, so can add some some uh, attacking flair there as well. So I think it's a good option all round. The fact that he's versatile is really important. I think, as um, Ashley's just put in the, the chat there about defensive errors, I think the problem is, and something we've been speaking about, is we need to be building from the back. We need to sort out the defence because at the moment we're having to score at least two goals a game just to win. So, um, I don't think we we can be done. I don't think we can say, right, this is us sorted, because we're going to win every game 3-2 or 4-3 now, just because we've got another attacker. I think we need to sort out defensive shape. We need to sort out defensive concentration. We need to sort out letting balls bounce over our heads and making stupid mistakes. Um, but it's certainly a positive step, because I think if we'd have gone into Saturday's game without any more signings than we had, then I think people would have been concerned. But... Hopefully, it just keeps that momentum going. If we can get a couple more next week before the window closes, then I think we'll be in that good shape we've spoken about to to maybe push into that top half and, and up towards those top six places again because I don't think it's time to panic yet as angry as I was after the game on Saturday.
3: Hmm. Uh, how do we make sure this one is uh, more of a Jezrak Saki than a Niall John, Nathan? Uh, I, I guess the... The, the the part you hope for is the fact that he has played League One games last season. Like I say, the Wickham fans seem reasonably positive about him. So, you know, whilst we don't know a great deal about him, and and young players can still be unpredictable at this stage in their development, he has had a little bit of League One time, which I, I hope is a is something that we can see as a positive.
4: Yeah, I think I think it comes twofold. To be honest, man, I think you've got to have the right application from the player, um, and I think Jez. Just sort of grew into that role. He, he sort of took the shackles off a little bit and he was a bit of an unexpected quantity, Jez, wasn't he? So that first game against Plymouth, they didn't really know what to do with him and then he continued that in that vein of form. So I think he's come here, you know, Chem's come here with a, with a goal in mind. He's obviously come here because, you know, his attributes sort of suit the way that Dean wants to play or, you know, he's going to get him to play. Um, so, yeah, he, he, a lot of it's going to be down to luck, but it's about... You know, him staying fit, learning, you know, men's football. like you said, he's a little bit of a stint at but Wickham. So he sort of knows what he's gonna come up against. Um, so yeah, I just think it's about him expressing himself and hopefully we can try and bed him in and get that chemistry along with along with the other team because it's gonna take time to, to to settle maybe. Um, be interesting where he is gonna play, if he can play anywhere along the front line. But yeah, I just think it's a bit of both, mate. Bit of bit of consistency, but you're going to get some consistency with young players, as you say, mate. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's another dimension. He's big, as well as another another six-footer in the team. Um, not saying he's going to be our set-piece pivot where he's going to be adding everything away, but, you know, height is, is quite big in this game. So I'm looking forward to it, mate, to be honest. Really, really looking forward to it, especially where Andy was saying he's a ball carrier. We've never really had many of them, really. I mean, you're Corey and you had a couple of other players, but Pan now. But apart from that, you had Liam Miller those years ago, which seemed about 20 years ago, but I just like ball carriers. I think you can turn defence into attack really, really quickly, so I'm looking forward to him, mate.
3: Yeah, Shiny Phil saying, uh, we definitely need that threat down the other ring, uh, wing, like the Robinson-Newton combination we had in the Division 1 days. Uh, imagine how badly we'd suffer if Corey Blackett Taylor uh, got injured. I think we should have Corey on one side and Chem uh, on the other, and that could be the answer. I mean, is that how you see him playing? And again, it does come back to the question of formation and exactly how we will line up, but I guess if he is as versatile as, as he suggests, and I don't know, like, could he play wing back in in a 3-5-2? We found that a problem with, with more attack-minded players, but it certainly sounds like a 4-3-3, three, three, there's a few roles he could fit into. So again, it'll be interesting to see exactly how, how Dean lines him up, Tom.
1: Yeah, and I think he's clearly tried with a lot of the sign-ins and a lot of the players to get that versatility in them. Um, it was very early days, but, the 3-5-2, the I'm, I'm still not... It's not that I don't think we can do it. It just hadn't convinced me. And I don't think it must have convinced Dean because obviously he made that shift as well um, for the Bristol game, I think it was. And uh, look, we still lost those next two games, I'm aware of that. Um, but I, I thought we, in spells, we looked OK and I thought our shape was better. I think with, um, as I say, with Carnu coming in and doing well, it's a shame for him to have to drop out suddenly and miss out. But I think we've got to be careful with him because he is young. And so, yeah, I think if we could play something like Corey and, and uh, Campbell either side of May, then I think that's an option. Um, As I say, then you've got the likes of Tyrese, you've got still got Carnu, you've got um, Miles as well. I know those, those two are injured, but when they come back and suddenly you look at that and you've got six or seven players across that front line who probably can adapt into a few formations, I think, the risk with the wing backs, although Corey in the Orient game in particular was getting forward, and even in that second half against Peterborough was doing it. The risk with the wing backs is how much they can get forward and how much defensively we leave ourselves exposed. But at the moment, we can't seem to defend no matter how many players are back there anyway. So it's you know we're just going to play nine at the back because we need to try and uh, try and stop shipping goals at the moment. So there's still plenty for dean to think about and as i say i, I hope we're still going to be uh, active in the window for the next week or so but um yeah like people are saying in the in the chat really and once you've had a few days to get over the game and that's the benefit of not having a tuesday those last two games we haven't been that bad in terms of the actual performance we've we've thrown those games away really and i think if we can uh, this weekend in particular is going to be a tough one oxford obviously on a, a good run of th- three straight league wins but you know, it's a long season, and I think we... I'm still going back to what I said those first couple of weeks. We've we have got the makings of a good squad here. We still need a couple more. We need some injuries back, but I think this is a good step in that direction as well, and like Nath, I'm excited to see what he can offer us.
3: Mm, uh, Harry's saying, great signing. Still need a couple more, and we'll be back hoping uh, for promotion. Michael says, can't say I've heard much of Chen, but let's uh, give... Uh, the lad a chance. George saying, I hope we sign Darbo. Uh, if Dean wants to play wing backs, he could be huge. He played on, was it Monday, didn't he, for the uh, the 23s in that game at the Valley. I, I wasn't able to watch it. Um, it was during working hours, but um, I, I don't know if you've got a chance now for anything, but is he he one you're interested in? Obviously, we, we spoke about the fact that on on Sunday they did uh, previously fail the medical with us, but you know, he got, got through 45 minutes on on Monday, so they're, they're obviously keeping an eye on him. Uh, Richard Corley said the other day that he thinks if if the deal is structured correctly, uh, you'd assume that's for the club rather than the player. Or, for you know, if they can come to an agreement, then he thinks that one will be a goer. Is that is that a player you think would improve us?
4: I think so. I think you can't grumble anyone who got to... Um, it was part of a team that got to Wembley in the Championship last year. I think he's a, a great little player. Um, but Jimmy Traore won the Champions League. It doesn't work like that. That is, that is a very valid point, to be fair. <laughs> I don't really That's know so what to come I'm back done, <laughs> No, I've no reason to say that as well. <laughs> yeah, well, welcome to Charlton. Welcome, to Charlton, mate. <laughs> um, but no, to, to be fair, like I, I think it's a good... Because I think if, if it actually might work in our favour a little bit. It might take him a bit of time to get up to speed, but I think it's a good player for Nathan to sort of learn from. It looks like Nathan's going to play quite a lot of games. And if there's times where he needs to be um, dipped in and out in terms of form, which can happen, or... Uh, fitness or you know he's just run a lot like he's he looked shattered the other day so I think it's I think it was a good sign and I don't think we should get a, an established right back who's going to be expected to be playing every single week because I think that blocks Nathan's pathway so and I think he's done well enough. It's not like he's been poor in his games and we, we need to take him out of the firing line. I think he's thrived on it so far Nathan and he looked good all pre season. Um so yeah I think it'll be a I think it'll be a wise decision providing um you know the fitness issue is is fine because I mean there was rumblings about Sess and stuff, and I said, listen, Sess is a good player, but I think you need players that can are quite durable in this league. You otherwise you start getting injuries, which we seem to have every season. That's when you're sort of sort of scratching around, try and then putting square eggs in round holes. So I think it's a if if if, the, if the, you know if the medical is, you can know uh, you can play wherever. Um, as long as it's managed and he's available more often than not, I think it's a good signing because you're still allowing Nath to have his minutes.
3: Mm. Uh, Dan saying I think simway could do with a rest for Saturday. He's done well, uh, but played a lot for an 18-year-old. Corey could be played on the right with Eden uh, on uh, the left. I mean, there has been a lot of chat about defensive errors in the um, in, in the YouTube comments there. Alan saying it's a defence that needs sorting out. Ashley, personal defensive errors have been the bane of us for two to three uh, years uh, now. Um do you think we'll we'll look to improve that area anymore, Tom? Because in terms of literal numbers, we, we've probably got quite a lot of centre halves when you when you think about the fact we've got Mitchell and Deji Leraway as, as backup as well to the to the likes of Jones, Hector, um, Terrell Thomas, and Ness. So in in terms of numbers, I'm I'm not convinced that they'd be looking at that area because we've got a lot there. But in terms of quality don't know if we're there yet that's um that's one that Andy and Dean will will have to think long and hard about based on what we've seen so far
1: yeah it's a difficult one I think I think if if Deji and and Mitchell were to go out on loan to somewhere then I think yes bring someone in I think if they're not if that's not the plan then I suspect the plan is for one of them or both of them to be the backups and to fill in as and when we have injuries and, and need to bring them in I think you're right that the step, Ness or step up Ness made last year prior to his injury, um, obviously bringing uh, Jones in and with the likes of of Thomas and Hector obviously re-signing for the club, I think they probably looked at that and went there's some good experience there alongside some some sort of younger talent. Um, the problem has been, as you guys said on Sunday show and as we're all aware from recent weeks, the sort of er- errors that you just couldn't you just never would bet on. I mean, Michael Hector obviously made that joke in the week, gets his place. None of us could have predicted that he was going to let a ball just bounce over his head to a centre-forward. Um, Deji, been, uh, not Deji, Nathan, has been exceptional, absolutely exceptional. And we get a attacking corner in the 87th minute of the game. And next thing we know, we've conceded because Nath's on his own at the back and has made a mistake. These things... Dean can't account for, we can't account for as fans. These are just basic, basic errors. So in terms of personal quality, I, I, I think that we haven't shown it, but I think the quality probably is there. I think we need to tighten up on set pieces. We need to be more disciplined and we need to just think a bit more tactically, like not putting a youngster back on his own when he's absolutely knackered at the end of a game. But I think on the whole, probably we're, we're okay in terms of, of people. We Something just needs to click. Something needs to be sorted. Because at the risk of sounding very stupid, I can't see us making mistakes like this for another 42 games. Um, and if we do, then we don't deserve to be in this league anymore and, it, and it's not, it's not going up. So um, yeah, look, I'd love us to bring in a nice experienced centre back who's, who's, I don't know, played in the Premier League and brings a host of experience, but then Michael Hector's played in the Premier League and look what he did last week. So even that doesn't guarantee success. So, no, I, I think I'd like to see someone come in, maybe, and uh, one of uh, Eloere or, or Zach to go out on loan. Just Again, just at that age thing and, and not to force them in. But um, I don't know. I don't know if it will happen because we need to bring in quality, like you say. It can't just be anybody.
3: Yeah, I mean, you spoke specifically about about Hector and obviously... Uh, I did say this on, on Sunday show. If you look back at some of the goals we conceded last season, I think that there's probably more that he was involved with than, than you realise. So, whereas we when, when he came into the side, he, he felt like he brought a bit of a calming presence. He did sort of get Charlton quite quickly, unfortunately, with the rest of them and, and make some of these errors that you wouldn't expect a player like him to do so. So, again, hopefully once... I don't know, once he's got into his flow this season, uh, we'll, we'll see a bit uh, more from him. Right, Dan saying on the uh, Chem Campbell, a player that we needed 100% going one-on-one uh, and causing problems will be good uh, for Alfie May as well. Hopefully good uh, evening to Jonathan West uh, from the Up Beats. Hope you're well, mate. Thanks for joining us uh, on the show. Andrew saying that Hector should be the leader at the back, bringing on uh, the youngsters, but that hasn't uh, been uh, working so far and Alan's concerned that we could be bottom Saturday uh, and hopefully we won't be but yeah, we will We will have to um, be very careful against the Oxford side that have had a, a really good start to the season. I mean, Anthony said he, he feels that Kirk doesn't want to be at the club full stop. I mean, obviously we still need to get some some bodies out and if that is to help um, free up some, some r- wriggle room with the wages and stuff, Nathan it, it's best if we can get them out but I'd suggest it might not always be as easy as we'd want it to be um, and, and that that could hinder us a
4: little bit. Yeah exactly I mean you could have we could have DJ on and, and Kirk here and if they are the two that they're trying to ship out the first thing you've got to have is someone who wants them instead so um, you might have interest so for example you could have I don't know Akrit and Stanley for example are both want of them they'd love to take both of them but if they can only contribute 10% of their wages, why are we going to want to agree a deal where we pay 90% of wages, which is taking up a budget, which we want to be spending on anyone else. So I suppose there's a lot of wheeling and dealing going around to try and see if we can ship them out. But I think that's the problem that we're probably encountering is if, if there's not enough interest or solid interest to take these guys on a perm or pay a lot of their salaries, I have no idea if that's the case, but if they're still here, there's got to be a reason why Um, I can't see, well, Kirk, then he, we, was ch- well, we was chasing a game on Saturday and Kirk stayed on the bench. He was an attacking player. Um, DJ came on and... Um, yeah. So, like, really, it's... You've got to have someone who wants them and I, I just don't see the interest in them. I mean, Wimbledon took DJ last year. They didn't want him back. So, it's, I don't know if that's what's holding up the other stuff. I'm not worrying yet because we've still got another week. I think this one... Well, the one that Chem come out of nowhere, so I think it just proves there's a lot of time left and a lot of things that we don't know. A lot of people put out there that they know what's happening, and who we're signing this, this, that, and the other. But until it's all official, mate, we don't really know. For all we know they could both leave tomorrow, and we'll get messy and on a free tomorrow. So, um, well, no, it's not happening. But yeah, I just think I just think that we've got time, and we just got to try and ship them out because otherwise they're just sitting there. And you don't want a big squad, an unhappy squad or a toxic squad. Not saying they're toxic, but you don't want them sitting there unhappy. You want them to go and do the best for their careers as well.
3: Hmm. Uh, Right, still plenty more to come on Charlton Live uh, this evening. We're going to hear from Simon from the Fence End pod uh, about uh, Oxford United. Of course, we're going to look ahead to the Oxford game. One thing I'd just be wary of in the chat I might talk about is, I don't know if you saw, there was an interview uh, with Charlie Mevan in one of the papers today, I think it was the Telegraph. It was the Telegraph. Um, Just let us know what you made of that. He was speaking about trying to get the losses down to one to two million pounds uh, a year. Um, Let us know how realistic you think uh, that is. Um, But uh, we've got a special guest joining us now on Sunday. uh, Charlton Athletic women are kicking off their season uh, at the Valley 3 p.m. kickoff against Sheffield United. And joining us now live uh, on Charlton Live is last year's Player of the year. Uh, for the Charlton Athletic Women, Beth Rowe. Good evening, Beth. How are you?
5: Good evening. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. How are you?
3: Yeah, really good, thank you. So, season kicks off on Sunday. How prepared are we?
5: Uh, We've done a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, We've got quite a lot of new players, so it's taken its time for us to gel together, but I mean pre-season's about digging deep, pushing boundaries, and hopefully when it comes to the start of season, we've laid the groundwork and we're ready to go.
3: Yeah, you said it's, it's it's been a busy summer for the side, uh, a fair bit of turnover. I mean, some some uh, big-name players coming in. Kate Longhurst, who's won, won the WSL a couple of times, obviously um, been with West Ham as well as as Liverpool. Uh, Freya Godfrey's come in from, from Arsenal on loan. Carla Humphrey's played for Arsenal and and Liverpool as well. So, Karen's obviously had a had a out rebuilding the squad. Um, how are you feeling in terms of uh, the the sort of shape of the squad going into the next campaign?
5: I think most definitely, as you said, there's been players who have come in with a lot of experience, and I think that's something over the last few years we've probably lacked. Um, we've had a very young squad to now having a few older players who can sort of lead us in that direction. So. Hopefully going in, we're just going to focus on ourselves. That's all we can do. And then we'll take it game by game. But those players have definitely come in and given us a boost and have taken us to the next step. And sort of kudos to Karen and the staff for identifying that and sort of going with it. So hopefully that's something like we're able to learn off and take going forward with us.
3: Yeah, and she's just signed a new two-year deal as well, Karen Hills, to extend her stay uh, with, with Charlton. Um, Sheffield United on, on Sunday, 3 o'clock at the Valley. Uh, obviously, you played at the Valley a few times last season, including uh, one where you were the match winner against Southampton, if I remember rightly. Um, how important would it be to see a nice big crowd down there?
5: Oh, most definitely. To have the fans behind us would be like incredible. Um, I mean, you're seen at the World Cup the squads that they're getting. Obviously, by no means are we expecting anything like that, but to have a good thousand or so would be incredible. Just to give us sort of the the confidence and to have the backing and to make that sort of our home ground and our fortress um with any team that comes in will intimidate them and in a sense they'll be our 12th man on the pitch but no Sheffield will be a good side they've just gone full-time so we've we'll have our work cut out but we'll do the behind scenes work and we'll go with our game plan and we'll stick with it
3: yeah you mentioned the World Cup I mean it was obviously disappointment at the end but it's so great to see a, a few former champion faces out there of course Kate is he was with us just a, a couple of years ago um was it fourth fourth last season flirting with the top the, the top position for a little while up until the last couple of weeks. I mean, what, what is the target for this year? Because, you know, for, we've been full-time professional. This is our third year now. I guess at some point we've got to start looking upwards to, to WSL and see if we can make that step up.
5: Most definitely. I think internally we have targets. Um, but when it comes to it, you can't reach that end goal without taking it game by game. So as a squad, we've done... A lot of work behind the scenes um sort of set our goals and our standards that we expect of ourselves um and we will just go into each game um sort of taking that with us um so we know what we've got to do um but the standard in the championship is growing year upon year um and it's getting harder and harder so we can only sort of do the best we can on the day so um yeah, it's a difficult sort of challenge with the teams around, but we're quietly confident in our ability um, and, and hopefully you'll see that the weekend.
3: Yeah, well, I know Jonathan Westwell because he's uh, said hi to you, Beth, in the chat. He'll be there uh, at the Valley uh, on Sunday. Yes. Hopefully as many champ fans as possible can get down there. Beth, thanks for joining us and all the best thank for you. the upcoming campaign.
5: Cheers, there thank you. Go. Take That's care. Beth Rowe
3: from the uh, Charlton Athletic uh, women's side looking ahead to Sunday's opening game against Sheffield United at the Valley that's a 3 o'clock kickoff. hopefully uh, you'll be able to get down there right we're going to have a quick break on Charlton Live when we come back we will continue to look ahead uh, to Saturday's trip up to Oxford Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom find professional independent local installers with free home surveys itemised quotes and protected payments trading standards approved contracts and workmanship warranties the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police checked, fully insured, and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk.
0: Hello fellow addicts, I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, the River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich, it has six pub of the year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer. It's owned by Chomp fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley 2. If your match day
2: routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon.
3: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
0: Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right?
3: Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Massive thanks to Beth Rowe from Charlton Women, uh, who joined us just before uh, the uh, break there. Right. um, Saturday, we're heading up to Oxford United. Not a happy hunting ground for us, unfortunately. Uh, I was looking up earlier. We've literally never won a league game at, at the Kassam Stadium. We did win Uh, in the FA Cup there when Jan Kermigant scored a free kick which was obviously a a great day and I think that was his last Charlton goal actually as well so it is hello turf uh, for us Addicts fans but we are facing a side uh, who've had a particularly uh, good start uh, to the season Uh, joining us now from the Fence End pod to tell us all about uh, Oxford United and Liam Manning's team uh, is Simon good evening Simon how are you? I'm very well how are you guys? Yeah, very good indeed. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it's been a decent... Other than the opening day defeat at Cambridge, it's been a a pretty good start and and probably exactly the response you wanted after a a bit of a strange season last year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a a poor start to the season and and getting knocked out of the League Cup as well, heavily beaten down at Bristol City. And I think we had a good pre-season, won the last uh, pre-season game against QPR. And I think... The, the, the two defeats right at the start of the season were perhaps just a bit of a wake-up call that we weren't the real deal and and it's it's, re- it's the three games since then we've got better and better.
4: So uh, what I was just going to ask really because obviously now you've got Liam Manning in it's quite a stark contrast in when you had Carl Robinson uh, there so I just wanted to see the difference in and how you've seen the difference of styles of play from Robbo to what, what obviously Liam Manning now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a massive change in that under Robinson, we did like to play out from the back. But in terms of personality, yeah, chalk and cheese, you know, uh, obviously you guys know about Carl Robinson. Liam Manning's a far more sort of studious, very much, you know, data driven uh, and, and a much calmer influence, which I think was what we needed certainly after the, the last season under under Carl um, where it, it it all sort of fell apart a bit really but but in terms of play, you know both managers like to play out from the back, like to play. I can see we, we press a bit more and we're a bit more adventurous, I think certainly from what I've seen so far under Manning um, that, that we we look to get forward a little bit more from those sort of midfield areas rather than playing the ball back and recycling it and really being patient. He's a bit more adventurous.
1: Obviously, flirted with relegation towards the back end of last year. Simon, um, what, are, what are Oxford? What are your aims this year? Obviously, very early days in terms of performances, but going into the season and the summer, you've had and the signings you've made. What do you think fans are kind of expecting from the team this year?
0: Yeah, I, I think. I mean, last season we were expecting a playoff push after the previous couple of years, two or three years where we we'd been there or thereabouts. Um, so, I mean pretty much anything will be an improvement on last season. Um, I think, yeah, based on the last sort of three games and, and away wins at Derby and Barnsley, who you, you would expect to be there or thereabouts as well. I think they're, they're good results, very good results for us, you know, maybe playing them towards the end of the season when they've got going would have been tougher. So we've, we picked up six points there that maybe we, we wouldn't have expected to. And I think, yeah, we, we'd be expecting or hoping for a top 10 finish and maybe a push for the playoffs.
3: Mm. It's a question we've asked uh, some of some our other, other like, opposition correspondents so far this season, Simon. And it's a question I feel a bit silly about now because judging by our results, we're playing Barcelona every week. But do you think <laughs> that League One is a bit is a bit weaker this season? I mean, we've certainly contributed to that so far. But at the start <laughs> of the season, we were like, yeah, it's, it's not the strongest, the strongest league it's been this year. We, we should do well. And then We've unfortunately personified the fact it's not particularly strong.
0: Yeah. I mean, with, with you know, the, the clubs that have gone up Ipswich and, and Sheffield Wednesday and, and, and Plymouth, you know, decent sized clubs. The clubs that have gone down and the clubs that have come up from, from League Two aren't quite as big. You know, you, you, I'm trying to think yourselves, Reading, Portsmouth have had Premier League experience. And, and obviously, there's a few of us that have had. Old Division One experience, but yeah, it's there's not the the massive clubs down here at the moment. Um That said, I think League One is a weird division anyway. In that you know, a well-run small club with a, a tight-knit group of players and a manager that can get the best out of them, you know, Wickham of, of a couple of years back or a few years back proved that you you can get out of this division without having to spend huge amounts of money. Whereas the Championship. You, you know, yeah, getting out of a
4: championship is a much harder, uh, harder proposition. Just one more from me, Simon. Sorry, mate. Um, hmm. obviously it's, I know it's only only early days, and he's played four games. But obviously, James Beadle was at Cholton for a lot of his youth career, um, and obviously he's gone out on loan. He went to Brighton, and now he's on, he went on loan to Crew, and he's obviously at you guys now. What have, What have you made of, of of James so far? Because he had big, you know, he had big, a big promise hmm. when he was down here.
0: Yeah, I've been impressed with him. Um, he's only a young lad, um, but he's he's made some decent saves, sort of low down. You you know, that whole thing about a big keeper, put it low down, he might struggle. No, he's, he's, his um, reactions are quick. He's comfortable with the ball at his feet. I think there'll be times when, as fans, we're going to be chewing our nails and say, get rid because, we you know, he's going to be... They, Manning does that weird thing, with the with the goal kicks that rather than the goalie taking it and playing it out to the to the centre halves, it's the centre halves that play it to him. And once or twice we've looked like, oh my god, it's going to all come unstuck. But that's the way he wants to play. And 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 Manning certainly looks like he you know he's a, he's comfortable with the ball at his feet. Um, he's made some good saves, and for a youngster, you know, yeah, he looks confident, and he could well be you know one for the future for you know it, have a great career.
3: So just lastly then Simon before we let you go um what's the sort of squad looking like before for Saturday who who are the danger men i noticed you've lost Marcus Brown's injury you scored against us last season yeah. at our place so uh... That's what. That's one less thing for us to worry about. <laughs> yeah, I, I,
0: that was he, he. He pulled his hamstring, um, and that looks like he could be out for for several months now, uh, which is a real shame for him because he mm. he played under Manning in the West Ham Academy, and I think they had a good rapport. And he, he started the season really well. Um, we brought in um, Greg Lee from Ipswich today, a uh, left back, so uh, be interesting to see whether he starts on on Saturday, but. Um, no we i think there's one or two more additions would be good um, but i think we we're, we're looking we're looking good mark harris who we brought in from cardiff as a centre forward who had not scored a lot of goals looks like you know he's a natural finisher
3: and and could well be uh, be the danger man on saturday Lovely stuff. That's uh, Simon from the Fence said pod. Uh, thanks very much for joining us and, uh, yeah, may the best team win on Saturday. Well, may we win on Saturday. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> Cheers. There we go. That's Simon joining us here uh, on Charlton Live. Excellent stuff. I really enjoyed uh, learning a bit more about the U's. Um, I mean, we, should, we should look ahead to that game, Tom. Um, shiny Phil uh, saying that uh, over the last couple of seasons, we often play well against the better teams and poorly uh, against the weak opposition. Uh, maybe Oxford is the sort of team we need to be playing uh, about now. We had I, I remember doing the stats at one point, sort of midway through Dean's part of last season, where I like, was the bottom half we were doing really badly against for some reason until until near the end of the season. The top six we couldn't get anywhere near, uh, but the teams between seventh and twelfth we were really good against. Um, so don't really know how we'll we'll face up to an Oxford side who will be in a lot of confidence. And I think deep down, especially defensively, we, we almost certainly aren't.
1: I like that what you're saying. There is out of twenty-three teams, we were basically all right against five or six of them. It says a lot about last season, doesn't it?
3: Smashed them though, you know. Yeah, made that, meat of them.
1: That's what matters. That's the real quiz. Um,
3: yeah, I don't know. I feel.
1: I think the general point is right. Usually, that you know we tend to raise our game against the, the bigger sides in this division, but this is a team where our record there is is not good. So, you know, it's not like. It's not like when Plymouth came to the Valley and we smashed them or, you know, there's been other places where we go, Sunderland away, for example, for a few years, we just seemed to get results there two or three times in a row. You know, if we were going to Ipswich away this week off the back of, what was it, 5-0 and 6-0 or whatever the last two have been, I don't think we'd be saying that. So, given our record at Oxford hasn't been good, it's it's like I said right at the start of the pod, this is going to be a tough game to go into, particularly off the back of three league defeats. But I think... You know, we've brought somebody in, which is encouraging. We've had a whole week on the training ground, which I don't know how much of a difference it makes, but maybe it gives Dean a chance to tell some players to actually defend when they're supposed to defend. And maybe, maybe, maybe we can pull something out. As a lot of people have said in the comments, largely we've been not a bad side. We've made stupid mistakes and we've lost games. We've not been a bad side. And, you know, I think on our day, we could go to Oxford and win definitely with this squad. It's just. At the moment, we don't seem to be having many of our days, do we? Because even the Orient game, you know, we sort of huffed and puffed to that. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be really interesting about how we set up, whether it is two up front, whether it's four three three, whether it's wing backs, whether Cam will come straight in. So there's a lot for Dean to think about. I don't know if any of the injuries will be back as well. We'll have to wait for his presser tomorrow. But, yeah, I'm not going there completely pessimistic and assuming we'll lose, but I'm fully aware it's going to be a tough game.
3: Mm, yeah as, as Tom mentioned we don't have Dean's preview today he normally does it on a Thursday but he's doing it tomorrow uh, this week uh, Paul's asked a good question actually it's a good discussion point uh, I have one question for the panel uh, have they uh, sorted out the leadership in this team in your opinion uh, this was discussed end of last season uh, he said it doesn't seem to have been addressed so I mean you know kind of want to put last season behind me because I hated it so much but as Paul's pointed out, there were times in that in that last season where you know the six nil at Ipswich, where you're watching players just not tracking back, and it was winding is winding me up. The rec- the so called recovery win at Milton Keynes, which was then followed up with being beaten at home to Morecambe. You know there was such a lack of character in that side last season, which again I think was highlighted in our stats about coming from behind, where we don't we haven't come from behind to win for a couple of years. You know, and the the four four draw with Ipswich felt like a bit of a one off in terms of showing some proper character. Knife, I mean. We, we've obviously struggled already this season, so it's probably hard to say it's improved at this stage because we've conceded late goals, which again, what, 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 what question does that ask you about leadership towards the end of games? What, what, what do you think about what Paul said there, Nathan?
4: Yeah, I think, I think it's a valid point. I think we do need a couple more leaders. You've got, um obviously, Dobbo lead by experience. I don't know if Dobbo's going to be... um so I, I see, I see two different types of leadership. So Dobbo is your lead by example, see what he does, and that's how you commit yourself. And another leader, which I don't think we have too much in abundance, is if if you're up against it, or you need to get a game by a scruff of the neck, and then someone dictates it and literally shouting at players, not in a, a Jaden Stockley way where it was just a bit moany, but just literally trying to organise it on the pitch, you know, and helping Dean. And you've got some leaders on there, you know, Hector's vastly experienced, yeah. I know he's made a couple of boo-boos, but uh, recently, you know, Jones is, you know, an experienced player. You know, he's played in this league before. We've got players who's got a lot of experience, but do we have those players who have that bit of leadership, As you know, as Paul was saying, which is a good point, Um, especially as, you know, we were talking about centre-halves earlier. You know, you've got Deji and Zach, who are good players and got a lot of promise. But if we get two injuries to say Heck and Jones... And you're looking at a back three of Thomas ne- um, Thomas Ness and Deji or Zach. That's it's quite a youthful, you know, quite a youthful back line. So hopefully um, we just need that little bit of stability. You don't have to be a first star. I just think you need someone in and around that training ground to sort of keep people grounded and, you know, not get too low when we win and not get too low like we are at the moment. Don't get too low about. It. You know, we're four games in. I know it's not been good, but let's keep a bit of perspective.
3: Hmm. actually saying, "I uh, still think we need an absolute bully of a player, someone like a Harley Dean who's gone red in. Uh, just need an old head uh, who, who's vocal, because I guess that does sort of come back to, especially if it's someone in, in the centre back line, like a someone who can actually organise the defence, um, to help try and carve out those silly mistakes and make sure that people are concentrating. But like I say, if you, if we're saying like maybe Heck with his experience could be the man to do that, but the same." time unfortunately he's, he's he's been one of the ones who's made some of these mistakes so it'd be hard for him Tom to to lead from example at this at this sort of moment in time
1: you think like even right at the back end of his career when he was too slow I think and making mistakes and and whatever when Jason Pierce came back into the side or when he had to come on in a game he did that you know he would grab us vital goals he would do that stuff that nave's saying about just keeping the back line in a line, keeping them in shape, talking to the young players and maybe his legs couldn't get him through a full game anymore. Or maybe he would, you know, grab a player because he was a bit too slow or whatever, but he was, uh, he did all of that leadership stuff. And I know it's only been a year or two since he left, but I don't think we've properly replaced that. I think Ryan showed glimpses of it, but also showed glimpses of of immaturity in his, in his disciplinary. Uh, Hector, as they says, comes with that, you would expect, but, I think on Not the Top 20 this week, they were talking about the fact that he just doesn't look like the same player that he was a few years ago. Um, so I think, I think we I don't feel like we've replaced Jason Pearce really. And going beyond him, you look at someone obviously like Jacko, who did more of the Dobbo sort of leadership that that Naif was talking about. Again, you just felt like there was a player there that could drag us through games. And I feel at the moment, we, we just haven't really got that. Dobbo tries to do that now, but it feels like he sometimes he's having to put fires out in so many places and he just, he just can't be in all of them so um, yeah we are missing that and that goes back to what I was saying when we talked about the the Campbell signing I think it's a, a good bit of business from, from everything I read I'm not going to claim to be an expert on him and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can offer but I think ultimately unless we get somebody like that at the back that's going to be an issue and maybe someone like Ash in goal you know I think Ash has been brilliant and as a shot stopper he's excellent but I don't know how vocal he is he is still young Um you know, I sit behind the the north lower. I can't claim I hear him particularly in games, but I don't know. I, there aren't. It's not like I would expect to hear him all the time, but I, I don't know how vocal a, a leader he is either. So, does that mean stick comes in? I don't know. I'm not necessarily suggesting that, but I'm just saying we've had experienced keepers in the past. We've had an experienced centre back in the past, and we had an experienced centre midfielder going back to Jacko in the past, and that gave us the ability to just win games ugly and win games dirty. And I think we've just lost sight of that a little bit. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Pierce is obviously in the coaching staff. You'd imagine he's talking to these defenders about it. But, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. And, and as I say, without sorting that out, it's going to be a struggle because no matter how good your strikers are, they're having to score two or three a game just to get the the, the win.
3: Yeah, I see uh, Dan in, in the chat saying we should get Pierce in to do some sessions with the defence. Obviously, he's there in the... Uh academy coaching role at the moment. So he's about and he's, he's probably got his head in his hands at some point uh, watching some of those games. Ashley's remembering his battle with Mitrovic. So that must have been the 2-2 draw at Fulham. Uh, I was reminiscing about that game the other day. Because I, I, I do all my interviews on my phone, my iTunes is just full of interviews with old managers. So every now and then one pops up and the one after a 2-2 draw at West Brom came up on my, on my iTunes the other day. I was listening to my tunes and all of a sudden it was Lee Bowyer, like waxing lyrical about a really good point away at West Brom. And I was like, Tell me back to those days, please. That was that was, that was, a, that was a nice memory. Uh, Tom was asking the question whether we might try and swap the goalkeeper. I mean, one listener, Martin Isted, might be up for that. Uh, said, uh, late to the show, uh, but Mr. Fred, but have you watched uh, Mission to Burnley? A good watch and makes you uh, hope it's us uh, one season soon. I haven't watched it. I've seen it advertised. I think it'll be an interesting watch. I did see a Burnley game at Millwall um, last season. Uh, and obviously, they're a very good side. Um, I'll ask the question, Nath. Uh, in terms of that back line, then. So again, we don't know exactly which way we're going to line up, but if if there was to be a choice between Hess and Nectar, uh, uh, God, Hector and Ness, which way would you go on that? If there was to be a choice between Ash and Main and, Mayne, and uh, Ashley Maynard Brew and and Eisted, uh, just answer the
4: question: Which way would you go? Unbelievable, mate! We just made two brand new signings in about three minutes. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Nectar and Hess. Um, do you know what? Like I. I Hector's
3: quite I, sweet, to be
4: I, fair. <laughs> I would, I, would st- I'd, I know I'll probably go against the grain. I'd stick with Hector. But listen, I know he's made a couple of boo-boos, um, as I've said already, but I just, I think we need to try and get a consistent back line together. I think we've chopped and changed a bit. I don't know how fit Jones is. I don't know how fit... You know, his nest 100% fit, but he needs to settle on a... If it's a back three or if it's a back two in terms of centre-arves, I just think we need to start settling down now and having a proper, consistent back line to build these relationships. So I think, yeah, 76 Rufus said, you know, we need department heads who control their own sections. You need that. You need to build that chemistry with all different players. So I'd I'd go with Jones and Hector personally, uh, if we're going to go for a back four, um, because he, he's made errors and I think it, it must be so frustrating for Dean. And I know we've not been good. Losing two games at home in August is not great. Put us have it right. But at the same time, you can you can train all week, you start tactics, you can do everything. But if you give away silly errors and just do silly things, which happens, you can't really legislate for that, you know. And I just think we if we're gonna just swap the defenders every time we lose a game, we could be swapping them around for quite a while unless things pick up.
3: Mm, yeah, that, that's part of it, isn't it? We we make so many like we we can't really predict how we're gonna line up on on Saturday, in terms of shape. So it, it does make the, the question of team news quite hard. Um, I, I guess another part of it is uh, I think it was Anthony who said it higher up in the chat. You know, um, if we're going to go the 4 three, three, then that does on paper leave Alfie a little bit isolated in the middle with, with the two wingers uh, outside of him. Dan's, uh, it was Dan who said, you've got to play May uh, in a two. He's too isolated on his own. So because of that, would you prefer the three-five-two, 5 2, Tom? But, you know, we said it, we said it already. We've had, we've had. Issues with, with both formations. So it's a tough one. I, I, I don't want to see Alfie isolated in particular. I think you remember the, the the game away at Peterborough. I can't remember what shape we played there. I think we played the three and, and therefore with two up top, but it was with Payne up top. And we saw when, when Alfie got isolated, he only touched the ball 13 times in that game. One of which was a, a shot that made the keeper work. You know, he, he turned something into a chance, but we've got on paper one of the better strikers in League One. We've got to, We've got to get the best out of him.
1: Yeah, it's a really difficult one because the more I'm thinking about my answer, I'm thinking all the way back to the Orient game, he's had chances in, in both sets of formations. Yes, he's been isolated, but he has created something in all of them. And for me, it almost goes back to the question you asked, Nate. I think we have to, and what people have been saying in the comments, we have to get the defence right, first of all. I don't know what the right defence is, I think, but but I feel like that is key. And then you build from there. I also agree, by the way, that I don't want May isolated, but I feel like if you play him with, with two natural wide players, for example, when you've got Corey and uh, Ankem up there, then maybe you know, if the ball's out one side, the other can cut in and almost play alongside him and you've got options. I think what worked well the last couple of games when he had Kanu up there is Kanu was able to flip balls on and able to hold the ball up and there was someone close to him. I don't necessarily think he needs that if the players around him are working. You look at the goal against Orient, for example came from Corey to cutting down on the left and cutting the ball in it was only because Dobbo was up there getting a nosebleed that that May didn't score his first goal so I feel like that formation does get him the ball if we play it right I feel like the problem has been maybe just not not clicking just yet so I, I agree that if he's isolated we're wasting him for sure but if I look back at the games actually and you said it there with the Peterborough I know he had a few touches but on another day that shot goes in and, and you know we go and, and draw the game or maybe even better same with Orient. He could have had two goals there um, and he's had chances. He obviously got his goal the other night. I know it's from the spot. So, yeah, I think um, I think the defence is, is still the most important thing. We have to get that right first. And if Dean thinks that's a four at the back and that therefore means that we're playing May up top with two wide men, then so be it. Um, because I still feel like he's good enough to get a goal out of out of nothing. And I think, as I say, if those two wide players are playing correctly, then he shouldn't be kind of isolated anyway
3: because they should be in and around him to, to support him. Hmm. Um, Tom mentioned Dan Carney's name there which criminally we haven't spoken about enough really on this show. He was very good last week and spoke really well on on Radio London last night as well. Check that out if you haven't had a chance to, to listen to that. Uh, yeah, he's got he's, he's getting his A-levels and his BTECs all lined up at the same time as scoring goals for Jolton which is an incredible achievement really for someone obviously with, with his age and the pressure he'll be putting upon himself um, it has been so impressive, but if we are to start two up top i mean he, he has to start i think based on where we are currently as a squad and, and his performances you know i don't I don't think he he'll be the answer for an entire season but he's certainly the last well yeah probably all of this season he's grown like stocky he got, got a bit stockier he said himself in his interview but he's looked more like an all-round player you know not the finished article by any stretch of the imagination yet but more of an all-round player than he was at any point last season where i do think he struggled to impact games a little bit when he when when he had his cameos
4: yeah 100% i i think and i'm glad you said about in Axe, he definitely looks like he's put on a bit um not in a bad way, but I just think he's... A saying, lot in, in the way that footballers do, not in the way that yeah. you and I have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not not that way at all. So, uh, but I, think, I, I just think, um, you know what, last season he reminded me of the time when we had Carlin. Do you remember when Carlin, was it Carlin? When he first came on yeah. the scene, it was a bit rabbit in the headlight sort of thing. He, and it was a case of, right, I've scored goals in the under-21s or the 23s the way it was. And he made these straight runs. Always did it, straight, straight, straight. And then he got into the first team... And he was doing these straight ones runs, and they were never getting picked out. So for me, Daniel this year looks like his game intelligence has proved a lot, knowing when to drop, when to when to challenge, when to go into a channel. Um, I mean, the head of itself. I mean, I know he said that he probably wouldn't score it ever again if he tried, but that's that's an instinct, you know. And I've been really impressed with him. And I'm like you said, I'm just really keen not to put too much on him. He's had, he's had a great start, and he's been a great impact. And maybe he does deserve his chance on Saturday alongside me. But um, so impressive what he's done so far. And he sounds, you know what? He sounds really humble as well. Seems like a nice kid. Um, so, yeah, I'm really delighted for him because he's come up through, you know, he's been tucking left, right and centre in, in any age group for the school. What, he got 400 goals in about three games or something, right? Bit of exaggeration. But I think, no, I'm really happy for him, mate. And I hope he can stick around. But if it means that he, he gets regular time, out and alone, if we get enough players for cover, then I'd be happy with that as well. Because I think I just, he's definitely one for the future, but I think the jury's out there in terms of Saturday, but you can't begrudge him that start for sure.
3: Yeah. I mean, um uh, yeah, I, uh, Paul says, I agree. Uh The uh, change of keeper is a must. Um Andrew's talking about how Nicky Pope, you never stopped shouting at the defence, even though uh, he was young. So he says, uh, if, uh, uh, if uh, maybe Ash could do that and um, Dan saying I think uh, Carney was one of the players who came in much earlier after the summer break to try and get ready and be at his best uh, for this year and it's paid off I'm trying to work out if there's really any other massive question marks in the in the side in terms of fitness and stuff um, I've, Kamara was a potential wasn't he when we spoke to Dean last week that he might be back this week so if he's ready would, would he replace and uh, Karoy Anderson I guess if that's the case if, if he can be risked from the start Tom
1: Uh, maybe. Yeah. I think, um, Coroy's played well. That's the problem. So it's like, you you don't want to take him out just for the sake of it. And you don't want to put Pan in too early, given his injury record and his struggles to play 90 minutes. But, um, I think it's, again, it goes back to the protection of those youth players. And the problem we had this year is we're just not able to protect them because we need them so much. So I think a lot of it, I don't know whether Dean will give anything away in his presser tomorrow, but a lot of it will just come down to whether players are fit, as you say. And if not, it goes back to Ace's point earlier, and I, and I think I said it the last show I was on as well. I, I like the consistency. I feel like that's that's an important thing, um, and so you don't change it unless you really have to, or if somebody obviously just had a bit of a nightmare. But um, yeah, I can't I can't really see too many other changes when you looked at that bench on Saturday. There wasn't a lot of changes you could make in game. So I can't imagine Dean's looking at it now and thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to bring so and so in. You know, we've referenced Kirk already, Payne, players like yeah, that. I don't
3: know. He's been waiting for.
1: <laughs> yeah, based on that cameo last Saturday, he's not exactly earned it either, has he? So I just don't think there's a lot there at the moment, sadly, for Dean. And, and until we get some players back, he's having to pick from a very small pool. Um, and hopefully, as, as we've all said, if we can get some of those players out and we can find a club for them, we might be able to bring a few in ahead of uh, of next week's uh, game at Fleetwood. Because, yeah, I think um, it's going to be a tough game either way. And I just don't think he's got a lot really to work with in terms of switching for uh, for Saturday.
3: Yeah, Paul's saying uh, it was a great interview with Carney. very mature. Uh, of course, he and Alfie's efforts will be for nothing uh, until we sort out the defence. I think some of our central defenders lack uh, mobility and shiny feels saying, I love Carney." Uh, when Dobbo missed his head at the end of Saturday's game against Port Vale, it was Carney who picked him up. He's good up front and he's good uh, for the team. Yeah, because we had, we had uh, Dan and Zach Mitchell on the Player of the Year a podcast last year. I remember thinking both of them, very mature sort of the, the way they speak, the way they speak, which is, is a good sign because, you know, we all know about the, yeah know, the, the, the no dickheads rule and all that. We, we need characters as well as, as, as well as quality. And, and those two obviously young as they are seem to have both. I did say this before we heard from Beth, I think it was uh, that we we'll talk a little bit about the interview with Charlie Mevin in the Telegraph. I mean, just the headline knife, uh, the main thing for me was talking about trying to get the, the losses down to one to 2 million pounds a year um and and sort of uh trying to make profits on on player sales um the, the losses are a lot higher than that currently um and that, that it, it's slightly concerning because i feel like that's probably a plan that a lot of people have had and they've never actually delivered now i think over i think thomas hangar was talking about project break even this time last year and that didn't go very well um so what, are you confident that charlie's boys are going to be the ones to finally get this get this uh, this plan done uh, I don't know, man. I hope they do. Well, is, is, is it not? Is it not impossible? Uh, is it not impossible at, the, at League One
4: level? Well, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tight because you've got twofold. You either increase your revenue, and if you're not doing very well, you're not going to have revenue. Well, you're not going to have a lot of it, and you don't want to cut, uh, you know, cut the cost too much because then you're going to be uncompetitive. So it's, they sort of work mutually together. So. I mean, I don't too know too much of the details in terms of the finances of where we are and where where they want to go to. They would have had to have some sort of forecast in place or a business plan for them to take over to see if it was viable to take us over. So he obviously thinks you know that it's, it's doable. I hope that it's doable because it means the club's more sustainable. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it will come down to player trading and you'll probably have a lot of players on contracts that are quite lucrative for this level, I would imagine. Um, not to the extreme of other teams in this division by any stretch. But yeah, so, I mean, I've not read the article, I'll be honest with you. Um, But yeah, I hope he can do it if it helps us as a club. But I think there's so many variables that we could probably be here for for hours and hours to go into all the intricacies of it.
3: Mm, Yeah, yeah, it'd be very, very tough, we'll put it that way. Right, uh, we come to the end of Charlton Live, uh, the big match. Preview, massive thanks to uh, Beth Rowe from the women's team uh, who joined us. Uh, earlier on in the show and simon from the fence End podcast he was telling us all about uh, oxford united massive thanks as well to everyone who's joined us in the live chat uh, on youtube thank you for your live uh, comments a uh, big thank you to everyone who's caught up uh, on the podcast afterwards uh, as well um, we value all uh, very much keeps the show uh, going massive thank you to nathan and to tom as well always an absolute pleasure to speak to you chaps thank you very much i'm uh, louis Mendes, and this has been Charlton live sponsored by the british institute of kitchen a bedroom and a bathroom installation we'll be back on sunday to look back at whatever happens uh, up at oxford hopefully uh, it will be three points for the addicts we'll see you later